Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Let's get to our guest, Danielle DiMartino Booth, CEO and Chief Strategist at Quill Intelligence. Danielle, I know you can be quite the critic of the Fed. Uh, the, the sort of measured look is that a lot's out of their control, the Ukraine war and the COVID lockdowns in China and such. Uh, the basher mode, uh, that is that they've been way behind the curve. One senses you're in basher mode. Tell me. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm in basher mode, but... Right now, the nemesis of Jay Powell is housing inflation, shelter inflation. That's rising at a 5.8% rate. Um, you have to go back, to, I think, to 1990 to get that high of an input to 40% of the composition of the, the consumer price index. Uh, there's every reason to believe that that's going to rise up from 5.8% to 7%, um, maybe a little bit lower than that, in the months that come in between now and, and the midterm elections. And unlike food and energy costs, which you can say the Fed cannot control, this is something that lies at the foot of the Fed. So rather than bashing, I'm just identifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, um, mistakes have been made, and this uh, appears to be a, a mistake from the Fed. In the past, though, we've uh, still got the future to think about. What's, uh, what's the action going to be taken to, to get things under control? Well, I think, you know, th- th- there's a 95 basis point rate hike now baked into July the 27th. So I think markets have taken a cue from the Bank of Canada north of our border here in the United States to say maybe the Fed has to go beyond 75 basis points. Bostic, uh, as you were saying before the segment, certainly alluded to as much that anything and everything is on the table. And I think the Fed is going to have to consider that despite the fact that they're hiking into a recession, they need to be aggressive in, in addressing this inflation. And I guess many would say it's it's the right thing. I mean, if you listen to Loretta Mester, she was saying inflation really affects everything and everybody. You have to have stable prices in order for the jobs market to be good. So, yes, inflation is job one. Worrying about inflation is job two. Uh, do you generally agree with that? At this point, I think we have to consider the aggregate of inflation and the unemployment rate, which we call the misery index. That's at the highest level since the really 1982. And, and, and to her point, inflation right now is more detrimental to the average U.S. household than the unemployment rate is, than the labor market is. 
The problem is that there's a feedback mechanism between these two variables. And as households pull back on spending for discretionary items because they have to cover the cost of escalating essentials inflation, you naturally end up curtailing the business cycle and causing bankruptcy. And Danielle, uh, in an era of uh, very high debt levels, rising rates, I know you've got some concerns about the future of the credit market. Uh, Can you lay that out for us? Uh, Well, actually, yesterday on the terminal, there was a great story about triple B rated U.S. corporate debt. Uh, I I believe it's somewhere around $3.2 trillion in outstanding and by far the largest portion of, of, of the U.S. debt markets. And the concern, and this was the concern that also preceded the, the pandemic, this is this is prior to COVID news even hitting, is that there that the U.S. economy is susceptible to a wave of downgrades, taking this triple B tranche, which is the lowest investment grade rating right above junk, into junk territory and the ripple effects that it might have across global credit markets. And we're beginning to see the, the, the vestiges of this. We had 13 uh, large company bankruptcy filings. Uh, BCY on, on on the terminal, you, you, you can track that in the month of June. We only had one in February, so they really are picking up back up at the pace of 2021. And it's the, the, the potential for the credit cycle to bleed into the equity market. And, yeah. I, and that, that's one of the things I'm watching the most quickly, the, the most closely right now. So is, is it a safe bet now? I mean, if you're trying to put money to work, uh, to, to bet on recession, to bet on a steepening of the yield curve, and short short duration treasuries and other bonds and go long uh, the long end. I think right now your your trade is is a flattener. Um, in, in fact, we at Quill Intelligence we've been looking back at the, the longest spans of inverted yield curves uh, in the post Volcker era. Of course, Paul Volcker slammed the yield curve into inversion and kept it there uh, for for quite some time. And your most recent uh, your most recent benchmark there is is. At the nine-month period in between 1999 and 2000, when the twos tend on the Treasury yield curve remained inverted, and that was some of the chatter that I was hearing today. The, the, the move in the euro-dollar market was the largest 40 basis point move since 1989, just today. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm placing you in my mind in the recession is inevitable camp. Um, how long, how deep, and when do you think this is going to happen? And is that going to break the back of inflation? I think the National Bureau of Economic Research and, in fact, Bank of America came out today and, and basically said the same thing. I think they're going to backdate this to January of 2022. But because Americans have been blowing through their savings and using credit cards to subsidize their spending, I think that this could be a more drawn-out recession that, that draws into 2023 simply because the U.S. midterm election season is upon us. Uh, the swing voter, uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia today, basically came out and said, because inflation is printing north of 9 percent, we're going to have to revisit the details of any legislation, build back better in the Biden administration. And they're not planning on touching that maybe until the end of September. That puts us in the midterm elections. So we're not going to see any more stimulus checks out of the United States government, really, until best case scenario, uh, the first quarter of 2023. And that's assuming that if the Republicans sweep Congress, the House and the Senate, that they're willing to write more stimulus checks. So if this does stretch out a bit, uh, rather than a short and shallow recession, a a longer one, uh, what's the best way to put money to work now? You know, that's a very good question. And some of the oldest, wisest, most veteran investors are sitting on record piles of, of cash 
but a lot of companies are not cutting their dividends. A lot of companies have sufficient cash flows to see them through what's to come. Pricing mm. power is king in an inflationary environment, and investors should be aware of that. After margin calls come and go, I think that there's a good there's going to be a good bid in the gold market as well. Danielle, very quickly, we do have earnings season kicking off. J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley, the first out of the blocks this week. 20 seconds. What do you expect? Uh, I expect for there to be disappointments. Uh, trading volumes are not what they need to be. And I'll be watching one line item, and that is credit card lending. That is people spending 18% to take cash out of their credit cards. Major line item for all the biggest banks in the first quarter. I'll be looking for a repeat of that in the second. All right. Uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth, CEO and Chief Strategist at Quill Intelligence. Thanks so much for joining us with your thoughts today. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.